Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop punk and emo pop retrospective. I am as always Elaine, and with me there are two other human beings. Say hello, human beings. I'm Sybil, and I've seen the face of God. I'm Adam, and I refuse to do so. Mm. Well, you playing you playing Shin Megami Tensei, Sybil? No, the fever's really getting to me. Does anyone remember what record this talking about today? It is Kings of Pop by Homegrown. You know, I feel like this is one of those uh, SCPs that they have on the interwebs. Like, the second you're done looking at it, you forget it exists. It has some sort of mind effect on you. That's what I think. Sunken Coal Porter? Sunken Coal Porter is pretty good. Yeah, that one. Also, that makes that makes Get Out much weirder. <laughs> um, yeah, this record. So, Homegrown. Uh, it's a band that misspelled their own name, and uh, that's the most the, the most interesting thing that you can say about it. This is not a bad record. Like, I mildly enjoyed it. It's just like extremely uneventful. It's got an energy that I can only describe as one of the straightest things we've listened to in ages. <laughs> you know, that that is correct. This will be the one and only time we have to deal with Homegrown because of the curse that befalls the band. But for now, let's start at the beginning. Homegrown changes their lineup constantly throughout their brief runtime, so we are just going to focus on the founding members, John Johnny Trash Tran on guitar and vocals, Adam Adum Lorback on bass guitar and vocals, Ian I don't know if their middle, their nickname was an actual slur or they just called themselves Slur Cone. On they just called themselves Slur? I did not do any editorializing there. I just didn't know if you wanted to save yourself from writing something incredibly unkind. No, no, no. Ian Slur Cone on guitar and backing vocals and Bob Herco on drums and literally the only person not speaking. <laughs> and also the only person to not get a nickname. <laughs> so Slur Cone... Sounds like a really skeevy roadside snow cone uh, uh, operation. That's a money laundering front for the mob. Speaking of slur cones and ice cream shops that make you uncomfortable to be in, 
They all came from Orange County, so I was not sure whether or not they would use an actual slur as a nickname. (laughs) (laughs) The band started popping out some singles and EPs in the California scene of the late 90s and put out their EP Was Happening through the Swedish label Burning Heart Records. None of us could find any reason why this would happen, but it did. Yeah, so this guy... Are really difficult to Google, and even when you Google them correctly, I could find only one single real interview with one of them, and it was 10 years after this record, when none of them was working in music anymore, so I don't know. We'll get to it, but this is the final homegrown album for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And the only homegrown album that charted. Which says something. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think that, like, I initially just went, okay, if and we're just going to talk about records that charted because that will narrow it down. And then we're making sure that, you know, we're not making fun of, you know, we're punching up. If we're making fun of something, if we're criticizing something, we're punching up, which I think it's an important thing for me. And that I don't want to talk shit about like someone making music in their bedroom. But I'm starting to think that anyone can chart on Billboard at this point if this guy's just charted. To be fair... They did peak at 189, so they barely charted. That is fair, but they still charted. Like, they were still one of the 200 most selling records in America at some point. Do we know what week that was? Because I would be very curious. We can check that. So, at 189 for one week is homegrown. We have Born to Fly by Sarah Evans. (gasps) Wow. We have Now Again by the Flatlanders. Blink on their, like, 2000 week on the chart, now at 185. Okay. Curb by Nickelback, the battered at 182. Yeah. Within 10 of this in either direction, most of everything are various artists' collections, things that are just debuting, or things that have been on the chart for 55 weeks and are dropping. To put this into perspective... Directly above them is a 2000s-era Jimmy Buffett record. Two above that is Songs for Worship, Shout to the Lord. Shout out to the Lord. Above that are Hopelessly Devoted to You, Volume 4, and Elvis, Today, Tomorrow, and Forever. However, these guys did barely beat out the 32nd week of Now That's What I Call Music 8. The very best of Rod Stewart and Week 30 of International Super Hits by Green Day. Oh my. This is amazing because 50% by volume of what is directly around them are just compilation records. Reggae Gold 2002 in its sixth week is slot 200. All right, that's it. I'm done. Detour over, but God, I needed that. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, <gasps> what um, are we talking about? Homegrown. Eventually, the band signed with Outpost Recording and published the album Act Your Age, with some of the songs appearing in the movies Homegrown, spelled as one word, not two, and Half-Baked, the only one of those you'll have heard of. The label, which, reminder, Outpost Recording at this point, started closing down, and the band's formation was just John Tran, Adam Lorbach, and we have thrown out everyone else and replaced them with Darren Reynolds on drums. Mm -hmm. Well, turn out, run out, because when the label closes, you're like, go find another job. Many, many, many ways of bleeding out members for this band. 
Yeah, it sounds like they were just shy of Spinal Tap in a few ways. <laughs> yeah. But somehow, from the wreckage of Outpost recording, Drive Through Records goes, this looks like a success, and they pick them up for a one-album contract where they record Kings of Pop. Their most successful, peaking at 189 on the Billboard charts, will add another guitarist to the band shortly after release for touring, and two music videos are filmed for You're Not Alone and Kiss Me, Diss Me. And that's it. They tour until they break up, but we'll get there later. And yeah, they, they go to the Warp Tour, but you know, it ends there. Um, and yeah, this is the story of Homegrown. It's not a long nor complicated story. But, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, we should talk about the record. Let's go on with uh, Tomorrow, the opening track. Wrong song, sorry. Mine's better. Doing fine. Doing fine. It's like pretty standard pop punk, but it has decent energy. The bridge is super cheesy, but we're used to that. And I don't know, sort of anime opening vibes. It's good opener. Lacks in anything memorable, but I enjoyed it at the time. And uh, I don't know, the, the lyrics are not yet crazy on the, on the first song. They will get, like... Insane. Insane. Yeah, the lyrics for this record are... something. But Tomorrow no. is fine. Tomorrow is a catchy little song. This is one of my top three tracks for a few reasons. A. The galloping guitars are a good gateway to your album. B. Lots of woes. And C. There's a thing this band does for having so many vocalists... Long stretches in the middle of each song will be just completely silent of vocals. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's pretty regular. This is a three and a half minute song that somehow goes uh, close to a minute without anyone talking at different points. It's odd. Yeah, it's, uh, again, I found it difficult to find anything that really stands out from this song and from many of the songs. But, you know, if you like pop punk, this is... Not the worst thing you can do. And again, props to the band. They maintain this energy for most of the record. This is sort of a record that doesn't really slow down. And uh, and yeah, again, musically, there is not a lot that you can criticize about this. This is fine. Yep, it, it's, it's fine. <laughs> like, I was listening to it and I was like, oh, like, I don't know, this, this is music. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's like um like the sci-fi uh, uh trope of uh how in the future instead of food people are eating gray nutrient paste out of tubes. Oh. This is this is the musical equivalent of that nutrient paste. Oh, I I wouldn't <laughs> go as far as that. It's I fine. Think this is mildly pleasant. It's uh... Well, I never said the gray nutrient paste tasted bad. It just leaves you hungry. No, this this record is 
with a couple of weird nitpicks aside, technically competent, written by a madman, <laughs> and... <laughs> written by two madmen. If you, they specifically credit who writes which song, and uh, the oh, most, I looked. Yeah, there is definitely a writing style difference that you can really pinpoint on the two writers. One of them is sort of just emo, and the other one is like a madman. <laughs> one of them escalates to about three felonies in one song, and it's a love song. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. In the meantime, though, um, this is an... Oh, the other thing I was going to say is they never flag in terms of energy. Even the slow, supportive songs continue to be very... Like, again, this is... And I'm going to spoil my final thought on this record, but this is like a three out of five record that gets half a point cut out for the lyrics. Yeah, not bad. But if anyone ever tells you that this is their favorite record, you are an American psycho. Run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is accurate. It's fine. Like, if you are, if you are into pop punk, you listen to this and it's great. The, the only problem that I have with this is that, like, there is much better pop punk out there. Which is not the worst problem to have with a record. <laughs> it's true for a lot of records. OK Go is better pop punk than this. Well, OK Go is not even better pop punk, but it's definitely better songwriting than this. No, no, it's specifically better pop punk. I'm being mean. <laughs> OK. But yeah, it's not the worst problem that you can have, because like that's true of a lot of records. But yeah, I mean, you know, you, you can look at um, you can look at a lot of pop punk. You can look at like Newfound Glory, which we will listen to next week. Hopefully it holds up. We don't know that. Um, hopefully it holds up to the glory of Ungrown. I, I think I think that the new Fan Glory album is going to be garbage. Well, you won't be here next week. I curse you with a throat ache. Oh, Bummer. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh. I love you. Not the Borat record is next. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is when I start sucking. Oh yeah, so we have to talk about the fact that um, Mr. Slur wrote half the songs on this album, <laughs> and all of his songs have what I can only describe as severe straight dude energy. And in their worst case, they're very pop punks going their own way. <laughs> they are. Uh, I think they're supposed to be funny. Lots of people describe Homegrown as a funny band. I. I am not sure where they took their assumption. This doesn't read like comedy to me. It reads like... I don't know. 
This song does not have lyrics that read like comedy. We're nothing but a fling, so don't expect a thing from me, girl. Why don't you just build a bridge so you can get over it and me, girl? Don't get attached. I think you're hot, but I love you not. So, three months after this record, OK Go will release their fantastic debut record, OK Go, by OK Go. And there is a song on that record, which is You're So Damn Hot, which is mostly the concept of the song, which is like people in a relationship that's basically based only on sex. And it's such a better and less shitty song. And you should stop this podcast now. Go listen to Your So Damn Hot by Okego because it's a fantastic, actually funny like, there's actually, like, some great, like, straight-faced sarcasm in the song song that does exactly what the song is trying to do. Do the whole, like, you know, uh, we, we fuck but no love, whatever. Way better. Like, incredibly better. And and that is my third. That, that, that is more chilling of the debut record by OK Go, which is an incredibly underrated pop record. I love that record. Whereas on this track, we've got Pathetic, hopeless, romantic. This is why you never get it. Single is the way for me. Come play with me. It sounds like some real serial killer shit. Adam, you're on trial for your gender. How much does this, uh, how much does this resonate with you? No. Okay. It really sounds like somebody who, like, has some serious commitment issues and, like... For people who are familiar with um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, half of this record sounds like it's written by Dennis. Yes. John Tran uh, is the one who writes these. I'm sorry, he's not the slur. He's Johnny Trash. And John Tran's songs all give off some I'm going to put you in my basement vibes. (laughs) Yeah. And that's real great because for most of the record, it changes up a little in the back half. It's just whiplash between Lorback song, trans song, Lorback song, trans song. Yes, that's right. This album is full of trans songs. <laughs> trans song, trans song, trans song. Oh, I bet you never thought that would have a dark underbelly to it when we started that joke. <laughs> to be fair, the trans songs are the one that are that there's more material to discuss. Because the, the the other songs are fine, but they're not, you know. It's Here's the thing. I actually think that my favorite track on the album is one of Tran's songs, which is wild. It's the only one that I will legitimately praise. But everything that is happening lyrically from this guy's pen is horrifying. Yeah, and musically... This is actually one of the worst songs of the record, I think. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, all of the record has this energy going on for it, but this is sort of repetitive and it's trying to be earwormy, but it's not really succeeding at it. And the pace is a bit sludgier, like it has slightly slower tempo. A grunge guitar. Yeah, it's wholly like sort of like based around this rhythmic pre-chorus, which is sort of like... Uh, newfound glory which didn't really make it to learn how to do newfound glory like it's just 
it's weird. It, it's a weird song musically, and I think it's one of the worst, and it's not quite on par with other really catchy song that this record has. Thankfully, we can get back to the catchy whoa 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 guy and get to give it up. We're not getting out of the weird lyrics, though. Is this a trans song? Nope, this one is Lorbach. I think Lorbach also also has a bit of, like, straight guy incel energy on this one. Really? I didn't think this one was too terrible. I thought this was a complete 180 from the last one. I, I, I think this is a fine song. I just think that lyrically, like, I don't know, the repeated give it up is like, the energy of someone who's been said no and, like, keeps, like, pestering someone? I suppose, but this is also, when I hear lines like, take a chance on stupidity, have a seat, come ride with me, that's an energy I can give. Yeah, but, like, I don't know, the whole give it up, give it up, give it up, give it up, because I can see right through you, feels very, like, she's saying no, but... (laughs) I mean, it doesn't ring that way to me usually when i hear give it up i'm thinking um like someone's telling me some sort of lie i can see that i don't know the the lyrics on this also felt weird but it's a much better song than the previous one i would definitely put this more on the innocent side maybe it's because i'm just giving lore back more credit yeah, this is kind of like two different albums got smashed into the same one. And like one of them, I'm like, you know what? This album's all right. And then the other one, I'm like, ah, this exists. I want to hold it like um a, a random piece of trash that the baby has brought to me to throw away. Like just with like my forefinger and my thumb, like, what is this? Ew. <laughs> Before I looked up, the two songwriters thing. I thought this was a concept album written as love ballads by (laughs) Two-Face. It just keeps flipping back and forth. In a second, we're going to go on to Kiss Me, Diss Me, and oh boy, what a bizarre take on women. And here's the other thing. I'm looking through this as we go, because by the back half of the album, I had a suspicion I don't think they mention women specifically. No girl, no lady, just give it up, whoa, come on, let's do this. Um, homegrown said gay rights? No, wait, there is, there is a girl on I Love You Not. So, okay, that one is confirmed. It's going to be even funnier if Lorback never mentions anything and Tran is all about the women. I mean, Tran people are often all about the women. Listen, I am obligated to be on Lorback's side of things because we have the same name and same nickname. Actually, yeah, I'm flipping ahead a couple tracks. It looks like only Tran uses any kind of gender because the next song starts out with you're just one of those troubled girls. Huh. 
Interesting. This is such a... This record has layers, like a Shrek. This record is environmental storytelling. <laughs> you look at this record and you're like, something happened here. Something happened here. <laughs> is Lorback or Tran the skeleton in the tub? Oh, I don't think... I, I, I don't think Lorback survived the encounter with Tran. <laughs> okay, then we know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, Give It Up is another unremarkable but not unpleasant song. Like, their sound sometimes does feel a bit thin, because on this record they are only on a three-man lineup. They got the second guitarist only after the record. Yeah, I'd be curious to hear what a live version of this sounds like. And like in the back half, it sort of tries to be emo-ish and like, um, it's not great, but it's fine and it's fine. Again. Unremarkable, but not unpleasant, and yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. And now everything is not. Let's talk about Kiss Me Disc. You kiss me, and diss me, but now you say you miss me, and you use me, confuse me, like you don't want to lose me. Don't talk to me, don't acknowledge me anymore, I'm just another So, I liked the guitar on this one. Yeah, but the musically, this is fine. This is like sort of a Frankenstein of a lot of other pop punk songs. I cannot play specifically which are, but it has this very bouncy riff that I'm sure I heard somewhere else, but it's fine. The chorus also reminds me of something, but it's very earwormy. And yeah, I don't know, musically this is not great, but it's like sing-alongy, and it wore me, and then come the lyrics. Yeah, this is straight up. There's no way to describe this other than woman-hating. You're just one of those troubled girls using me for everything but love. Don't make excuses for what you did to me. Isn't he? Is he the same one that was like, a couple songs ago, like, hey, I don't do love? <laughs> Yeah, this this is Tran again, so yes. Okay, so when you don't do love, oh, that's fine. But if the girl you're with doesn't do love, then I don't know about that. This is going to be even funnier in two tracks when we get to Lorback's written, I'll Never Fall in Love. <laughs> Listen. Again, I was very convinced this was Two-Face writing a love album. This album is a Frankenstein album. Like, they sewed together two separate EPs to make an album without considering whether or not they should and created a monster. Don't talk to me. Don't acknowledge me anymore. I'm just another score. Once again, OK Go wrote a song that's like, you're just using me. This relationship is just sex. And you know what? That's cool. Like, that's dope. And like... So much healthier than anything Tron ever wrote. Friends with benefits is fine, yo. <laughs> like, yeah. if you want that, have it. If you don't want that, don't get into that relationship. There are ways to write a song about a hookup gone wrong. Friends with benefits turning complicated. A breakup. Most of them don't end up with 
don't blame this on your bad childhood. That doesn't justify what you did to me. See, like, lines like that, I'm like, you know, I hear, like, there's, like, therapy for these things instead of writing a song about it that charts. Like, you're just gonna put that out there? Okay, buddy. This is the 2002 version of Singing Your Elves. Yeah, I don't know. This record just makes me want to do a special episode on OK Go by OK Go. Listen, I'm down for that. I like OK Go. Let's do that in the middle of this next block that you're yeah, gonna Yeah, we should. <laughs> Ellie can have Lilla and OK Go as a treat. What's the next song? You're not alone. If you need this world Depression song. Yeah, the depression track with the music video that went places. Yeah, so the premise of this, this is one of the songs that gets um, video. It's a song, it's a. I like to describe this as the depression equivalent of those love songs that boy band do, which are very generic and don't have any detail in them because anyone, you know, any of the preteens in the audience can identify with the, the matter of the song. And this is the same, but with depression, it's like, things are gonna be fine, you're not alone, but also I'm not gonna describe what is specifically your problem at the moment. So, I don't know. Incidentally, I should probably tell you, the video's not available in the US. Oh, have you not seen the video? The one you linked just says, this video is not available, and I can't find a single US release of this on YouTube. Let me go to Daily Motion. Oh, okay. Please do. The video is completely insane. For some reason, they took the depression song and gave it like a silly parody video and uh, with a transphobic joke on it. The girl slash boyfriend. Cool. Not so fond of that one. Yeah, the video is just a bunch of gay joke, one transphobic joke. It's just like, oh, this dude is a girl. Lol. Throwing food at her. There's a lot of different people in this restaurant, so it's like some casting director was trying or some video director didn't care. Yeah, just a lot of like a lot of clique stereotype. Like you have the goth, you have like the ska kid who will soon be an emo kid, which I actually think was a funny joke. That is that is a correct prediction of the trend. Ooh, hey, there's another one. Cool. What? Yeesh. Uh... The goth kids, mom's makeup, mom's makeup, mom's makeup, dad's makeup. Yeah, yeah. This is very 2000s. Also, yeah, there's a couple of good jokes in here. Um, The, the one close up on one member of the band, he hates it. I don't know. This, this could be something if it maybe toned down the 2000s about 15%. Honestly... So this reminds me of a thing that I saw 
on the interwebs that was like um a uh, um a game show where um people have to read tw- gay jokes from Twitter and figure out if it was a uh conservative homophobic person saying it or a gay person which is to say that if this video had been made by a queer person all of those jokes would read just a little bit differently. Yeah, I don't know. A couple yeah. of them. I still think boy slash girlfriend sucks ass. Yeah, that one is really bad. I mean, it depends. Is that person by gender? I don't think that's what they're going for, but I see your point. I know. I'm just saying, like... You could make a version of this that's just a little bit different and it would slap. Oh, as I said, 15% less 2000s and I'd have fun with this. The interesting part is that at some point they do like a... Basically they dress up like... Well, the main singer dress up like Alkaline Trio and the background people seems to be dressed up like the Coheed and Cambria guy. I don't get it, but this uh, the song does sound a bit Alkaline trio so I get it. Also... Easily the best joke in the video is when there is a follow the bouncing ball to the lyrics, whoa, oh, oh, repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Someone on the staff knew what they were doing. Yeah, I just think that thematically this is weird because this is a very serious song. Oh, yeah. It's like... Yeah, You're Not Alone has a lovely message. I'll give it that. And I do think... They were probably coming at it from a place of ignorance rather than malice. But it also doesn't mean that my first response to seeing a couple of these gags is not woof. No, yeah, no. Aside from the gags, just in general, giving like this very serious song, like a funny video, or at least a trying to be funny video, is a... Uh, I don't know. Weird. Like sort of defeats the point of the song a bit. And there's long stretches of vocal silence on the track where just, like, the drums are going nuts. Yeah. It, it's tonally inconsistent, but I would probably put it as my third favorite song on the album. Oh, it's a, I think it's a pretty good song. Yeah. I think it's... A, again, my only problem with it is that it's very generic. It's like, like you're clearly trying to hit a, a net as wide as possible, and sometimes that feels a bit cheap for me, lyrically. But it sounds good. It sounds very alkaline trio It has, like, some good energy. It has some, some darkness to it. But it's a positive message overall. It's like, you know, you can get through it. Everything is fine. You can make it. And, uh, I don't know, it's not a bad song. I have some problems with it. And I have <laughs> a lot of problems with the video. But it's a good also, song. Also, cycling back to the thing I was saying, a pop-up video, I guess it would have been a little before this era. Maybe it was the 2000s. VH1 did a thing where they would take some contemporary, some older videos. Usually the older videos would be things that you would never think of again. And they would just start having little bloop bubbles pop up over the thing you're watching with trivia facts, production info, um, In the days before you had Wikipedia or IMDb or other internet repositories of this sort of knowledge for trivia lords to dump it in, 
this was an interesting way to be the guy who knew some dumb fact at a party to pick a girl up with. And so the fact that they only made like five of these episodes a year also probably helped because you could see the same thing three times a week and then really memorize the facts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this this has a lot of that energy, especially with all of the word balloons and random arrows and things popping up. That joke about this guy directed their last video, that's literally a thing they would have said in a pop-up video segment. I mean, I'm not sure you would impress anyone with facts about Homegrown, but yeah. Yeah, you've also got me there. I don't think these guys would have earned a pop-up video. Not even as a desperation pick to fill the half hour. So how about, unless you've got more, Adam? Huh? Let's never fall in love. I just wrote meh on this song. So, before this one starts, I thought this was going to be a women suck track. It, uh, it wasn't, but this is also where I really started going, is this the Two-Face concept album? This one's weird. And, uh, again, there is no gender in this one, because it's a Lorbach. But... I'm not going to play your games. I've made my decision. No need for revision. And I know that you don't feel the same. Confusing transmissions confirm my suspicions. I'm not going to keep holding on. <laughs> Talking to myself has never really helped, but that's all right. I don't know if this is supposed to be a breakup song. An angry at someone who dumped you song. Or just... I don't know how humans work. Yeah, I don't, I have no opinion on this song. I feel this is one of the most underwhelming songs on the record. It just does nothing for me, really. It's one of those that is fine. Like, I don't have any particular problem with it. It's just like you're listening four times and you like don't have any opinion about it. It's uh, it's, it's sort of mediocre. This one, I just really wanted to go listen to the song from Hercules instead. And then I did. Say so we're back to the nutrient paste. If you add rap to nutrient paste, does it become nutrient paste? If I add... I got it. It's a new metal joke. Thank you, Fable. Oh. Okay. For some reason, I thought you meant rap as in W-R-A-P because, like, you're rapping food. And I was like... There is the double thing meaning of the joke. No, if you put nutrient paste in a wrap, it's called Qdoba. Oh, what? <laughs> Adam got it. It's a restaurant. Very lame burrito chain. Okay. Now you're thinking okay. of Chipotle. That's nutrient paste. I think both count. 
Oh God, the Californians are it again. <laughs> the California. No one cares about your no, burritos. No, hey. if you want to hear us get. Hey, hold on. If you want to hear us get knives out, let's start talking about Birdos. Who's your local Birdos? What's a Birdos? Oh, do you not have Birdos up by you? Out here, we have like actual fights about who's the best Birdos. I don't know what that is. They're the kind of little burrito joint or Mexican place that moves into the corpse of another former Mexican or restaurant place. And they set up their very dirt cheap and they'll have names like Roy Berto's number two, uh, Tio Berto's number five. And they all are run by different people. And you'll fight over who does the best hole in the wall Mexican. Oh, that's valid. Yeah, I don't think uh, if we do have them here, I haven't found them. But I've also only been living in California for a handful of years. So gotcha. I'm not a real Californian. <laughs> if you type in Berto's, uh, I could just find a bazillion different names local to me. And also multiple stories online talking about this. Top 10 best Berto's in San Diego. Why do so many taco shops end in Berto's? The battling Berto's. Oh, yeah, no, I, I think the closest uh, Berto's to me is in Santa Maria. <laughs> Y'all are making me hungry, first of all. Second of all, we were talking about another thing, I think. Uh, are any of us in danger of falling in love? Because I think we've taken the advice. <laughs> what? Mm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to learn lessons from homegrown. The next lesson is um, trans song bad. Oh yeah. Can can we can we just get? And this is a joke for all the magic people, so y'all can get out of the room. If we're learning lessons from Homegrown, can we just get another song from our sideboard instead of listening to the to this one? Now, now, now you can go back in. Now we can keep talking about things that everyone understands. Let's talk about the most that escalated quickly track on the record, because after a two-track break, Tran is in the writing chair again, and the first lines are, I want your boyfriend in a box so I can send him somewhere far away, then we'll be the way that we used to be. You want my girlfriend all tied up so you can flatten her. Oh, I thought it said threaten her. This is worse. This is worse. <laughs> This is worse than I thought it was, and I already thought it was bad. This is the murder and kidnapping song. <laughs> so, like, this song starts by saying, I want your boyfriend. Silence for a bit. And any band that doesn't make a very gay song out of that beginning just loses so many points with me. It's just, that's a great opening to, for a very gay song. And again... This is Tran, so we have gender involved. And it's not even, so tell your boyfriend if he says he's got beef. 
somebody told me that you have a boyfriend and so on and so on. Sort of toxic Maxillin lyrics. Who looked like it. Yeah, I, I actually really like that line. I would say, in terms of straight people writing songs about weird gender, the best is Garbage. The second best is Blur. The third best is The Killers. That's a really low bar. Yeah, but that's because Garbage leaps the fuck above it. Yeah, no, I have no problem with Garbage. I, 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 uh, the other two were a bit I'm low, yes. Not, yeah, I'm not super into whatever The Killers were doing at the time. No. And I also i am vaguely spiteful of The Killers because they ruined uh, not the best ever death metal in Denton. I don't know this. I have no idea what you're talking about. So... The best ever death metal in Denton is uh, one of the old Mountain Goat songs, which is about... It's great. It's one of their classic ones. And it's about these two kids who live in a very not death metal uh, area and want to become big death metal artists. And it's sort of tragic because they get sent to a school where they're told they'll never be famous. Um... But one of, like, at some point, uh, it lists name of, like, silly name of death metal bands that two kids would come up with. Uh, and one of those names is The Killers, before The Killers were a thing. Hmm. And since The Killer became a thing, you know, come on. I see. Don't. Ellie, this sounds like a personal problem. I'm sorry. This does sound like one of the most Ellie complaints I can imagine. <laughs> The killers touched my mountain goats. <laughs> Waiter, there's a uh, killers in my mountain goats. <laughs> I'm just saying those band names were supposed to be like something silly that a kid comes up with. And then a band of adults decided to call themselves the killers. I'm just saying, sort of ruins the killers for me. They have enough of a wink and a nod to their songwriting, though, that I can't give them too much credit. I don't hate them, and I, I, I'm just spiteful. That you are. Speaking of spiteful... This, this, this song... Shall we talk about this song? No, let's move on. Okay, let's talk about two chunks. One, the chorus. <laughs> no single line on this record is more creepy i want to wear you like a skin suit then i just want a second chance to be your first again oh god okay and that is uh okay and then after the we both want to kill each other's partners a later verse just simply has when your boyfriend leaves you'll be calling me then we'll cheat again cheat again yeah, I needed a shower after listening to this song, and not in a good way. Oh yeah, this this one becomes incredibly repetitive by the end because the chorus repeats over and over and over again about being your first again. But the actual bits before it falls into a rut are full-on psycho. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Once again, Homegrown is added to our list of pop punk artists with a body count. <sighs> yeah. Second best is uh, completely insane and has a catchy chorus. I don't know. I think it I think it's way too repetitive. It's catchy. 
I, I don't like musically this is fine. Most of this record is. It's completely insane though. <laughs> it's uh And it pairs well with the next song by Tran, Why Won't You Leave Me? Which is very bad. Mm-hmm. You should start saying that this is the next song. Have a very bad sound, a bit heavier guitar. You 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 have to have some bat in your pop punk. So, you know who didn't have bat in their pop punk? Simple Plan, and they were the kiddie band. So you need to have some bat in your pop punk to have some legit cred. Uh, this is where I came up with my second theory about what this album was. Which is, it's about two men trying to get rid of or claim the same partner, but that person is intent on making everyone as miserable as possible. Ah, let's just see here. So why won't you leave me? I just want this to be over. I just need some time to think. Why won't you leave me? You're better off together with him rather than me. It's like, just get away. This is my relationship with this podcast in general. But, yeah. Oh, are are you committed to waiting and pleasing us? Is that what's going on? <laughs> uh, not you as host, like the generic, con- like the abstract concept of this podcast. Uh, so when are you planning to abandon us and ruin the validation that we'd lose? Um, I don't know, probably when we get to Real Big Fish. That's fair. But yeah, uh, as you can tell by the bits that I'm quoting at Ellie, This song continues to be written by Tran, even if it's a different sort of lunacy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, My question would be here, you know that you can leave her, right? You know that you're allowed to do that. No, but... It's not... But if you do that, you lose. (laughs) I'm just saying that while I do not know if Monsieur Tran feels that way, I definitely have known straight people who thought if you broke up with the other person, then they won. <sighs> Why are they like this? That sounds psychotic and uh Oh it is. Yeah. Because like if both of you agree to split ways, then it's mutual and it's healthy. If only one person wants out Whoever blinks first is the coward. Oh, see, that's interesting, because it's the other way around. It Whoever gets ditched is the loser. No, I've known people who really thought, if you kick the other person out, you're the weak one. Yeah, people are fucked up. I just think that's the energy this song has. It's like, you know, why won't you leave me? You don't want this to be over. I just need time to think. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Do you have the inside scoop about this song? Sign up and drop some knowledge. 
Does anyone want to drop some knowledge on Genius? Uh, John Tran seems to have a lot of issues with women specifically, and I'm unsure of what he's been doing since Kings of Pop and Homegrown ended. The next track, Cannot Stop the World. Why can't you just move on and forget about the things that cannot be This is probably the most generic one on the album. It's one of those times where go on or move on basically means fuck off. Yeah, this is also very bad. This is the worst Lorbach track, if you ask me. I don't know. I think this sounds really good. Uh, I don't think this is remarkable, but this is one of the songs where it really came out. Like, you could really hear that this is um, Steve Evett's production. And this, I think, is actually a really good producer because, yeah, there's not a lot of songwriting in this there's not a lot of like really catchy stuff but it's a decent rock song and i think the production is really slick i think the it sounds crisp it sounds nice it sounds pop punky the guitars really pop out when they go into heavier tracks like this one i don't know i don't have uh, there isn't anything amazing but this is one of those productions that is just like oh this sounds like music should sound which is what you want from a production. You want everything to pop at the right moment, everything to be sort of dynamic and loud, especially in a rock song. And yeah, most of this record does this, but this, is, I think, is one of the ones where you really notice that, yeah, they got a really good producer on this record. If your music sounds like music, that's probably ideal, unless you're doing your toaster-recorded uh, industrial on purpose. <laughs> yeah. The title of this song reminds me of the title of a song that I wrote when I was like 12? So my brain is just going, nope, nope, cringe, bye. So (laughs) I think this is the worst song Lorbeck wrote on the record. And that's because, as I mentioned, um, this is one of those tracks wherein when somebody is talking about move on in a song, they kind of mean fuck off. Why can't you just move on, forget about the things that can't be undone? You can stop blaming yourself, but you can't stop the world. It's like, that that's kind of a real ex-boyfriend talking shit about you. Ugh, can't you move on? I'm over this. I mean, you can stop blaming yourself. The world's gonna keep blaming you anyway, babe. There's nothing wrong with needing help. The emptiness you feel heals with time. It's one of those songs. It, It has very... I'm over it, why aren't you vibes? talk about my time alone we're back to tran writing and this sounds like a terrible incubus piece i mean i i i know what tran is doing during his time alone i don't want to hear about it 
this is the way worse version lyrically of cannot stop the world because on this track i am not changing means fuck you i don't want to grow and points at the other lyrics somebody needs to grow and go to therapy yeah this song has really weird really like every trans song trans song <laughs> trans song trans song like every trans song this has really weird lyrics um it's just like fuck you i don't want to change <laughs> Yeah. Which is, you know, anyone who tells you that you should change, uh, it's a dick. But, like, in this kind of songs, you know that that's not the whole story, right? I mean, there's a difference between you need to change and... Bro, I, th I think that therapy might help you. <laughs> so, there's a show I listen to which is called Bad Advice. It is a rotating panel of comedians talking about weird things that came up in the Dear Abby archives. And they never give Abby's actual response. They just talk about the very bizarre situations people will write into the newspaper with. But a theory that has developed over time is nobody ever writes a letter to Dear Abby giving the whole story. They're spinning it in the way they want to go. And you have to ask, how much of this, how, what part of the story do we want to hear? Sorry, sorry, Sybil, but I need to annoy you a second because this show just sounds like My Brother, My Brother and Me, the way that you describe it. Uh, what if actual interesting people ran with that concept? I, ju I'm, I just think you should listen to My Brother and my, my Brother and Me. I think you'd enjoy it if you enjoy this show. I think that no one on that show will ever come up with a line as beautiful as, if your cousin, who you were really close to as a teenager doesn't talk to you for 40 years and then shows up in secret to start speaking with you again, you're either fucking or you're involved in some Stephen King shit. <laughs> Anyhow, this song, um, lines from this song include, but I'm not changing, I won't listen, I'm not leaving, I'm not listening to you. For me to break, I am not changing, I won't listen. This is repeated a lot. Oh yeah, this, which is, this chorus drags its ass. I'm not leaving with you. I want to listen. <laughs> Why do we even have that lever? <laughs> also, another repeat. I've been thinking, will she leave me? We can't leave. We can't be the one who loses. I'm not leaving. I won't listen to you. I'm not changing. I won't listen. I'm not tired. <laughs> This is the emotional equivalent of a tantrum, you're right. Mm -hmm. Also, that makes, apart from me, torn from the floor, honestly, I can't give you more much funnier, because now I'm just imagining someone picking up Tran and carrying him to a cradle. Honestly, honestly, it's very, uh, the two-year-old doesn't want to go to bed, is, you know, clawing at the floor and will bite you when you pick yep. it up. Um, <laughs> the, the, the songs are amazing amazing derogatory <laughs> okay <laughs> so we're almost done now we have to talk about waiting on me
This is Tran's last song on the album. And somehow this is my favorite track on the record. Okay. My... I was immediately, like, peeved off by the lyric, which starts with Take this gun away, I'm not asking for sympathy, staring at the screen, I'm not living, so you won't win, which it seems like peak Tran in terms of lyrics. Also, I'm not leaving, so you won't win is exactly what you were talking about before, Sybil, but, oh, I know why I don't remember the song. I blocked it from my memory. So here's the thing. That opening lyric is the only one in that vein. Everything else is just a very energetic, kinder, almost, almost healthy. Like, this feels like the end of a journey. I'm comfortable to let you go. Timing's off. It's just a show. My heart is stopped. Desire is gone. Take this cup from me so I can breathe. I'm on empty. My priorities aren't straight, so I can't see. It's... (laughs) <laughs> they're not straight. His priorities are very straight. I can say that safely. Um, but I don't have the time to waste your time being the last thing he said he writes on the album. Almost feels like someone just having an emotional breakthrough and just being like, I can just do something else. Okay, but I want to see what happened to the gun. Why did it start with a gun? Who has the gun? This is not how Chekhov wrote this. You need to tell me about the gun. If you write about the gun in the first half of the album, it has to come back. But this is just like giving up the gun. Uh, it's turning in his badge and gun with this relationship. Anyhow, yeah, I I actually think as a song, this is probably the best one on the album. Yeah, this is another one of those like very alkaline trio sounding songs. It's not my favorite, but I can see the appeal. It's again, most of the songs musically on this record are fine. I don't have any problem musically with most of these tracks. We haven't talked musically about it, but even the most ballady songs on the record have an energy, have guitars. Nothing slows down on this album. We were about to go on to the final song, Sisaster. Honestly, I was like, oh, so like, that's not that, like, that's queer. No, it was a typo. No, it's Feeble who's queer, not homegrown. I might have changed that track before I sent it to you as a gag. <laughs> okay, so is it disaster time? It's disaster time. Yeah, Disaster is like the most pop-punk song in pop-punk, both lyrically and like musically. This is like, what if you tried to make the most generic and like tropey pop-punk song possible? Like pop-punk 101, but for real, and you've got this. Again, it feels like the end of the journey that Two-Face is going on this whole album. I never thought I'd hear you say that you've fallen out of love. I never said this would be easy. You said you'd understand. Now you're giving up everything. It's just not fair. But 
then it just goes into, you know, maybe we just weren't meant to be. I said that's probably the worst thing you could have said to me. Yeah, but it also it also ends with I know you're leaving, just tell me you'll come back. This is a disaster. This is a disaster. You know, some people are bad at breakups, but this is not homicidal bad at breakup. This is I just don't want to let you go. There's a little clingy and pathetic, and then there's I want to murder your boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, I think we're setting the bar very low for homegrown, but sure. Look, given where we went on the ride that was Kings of Pop, this is definitely a healthier endpoint. Babe, you're leaving. This is killing me. Beats the shit out of, hey, get in a get in a road roller and run over my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, this is this is killing me as opposite as I'm going to kill you. So I guess. Yeah. Also, yeah. once again, because this is a Lorback song, no gender. Mm-hmm. Break me, break me down again. thoughts on this record before we go on the what happened next i think this is if you listen to the music this is a perfectly fine actually quite catchy in place pop punk record it's you know somewhat unremarkable but it's not unpleasant it's not the worst if i didn't listen to the lyrics i would definitely rate this like a three out of five but come on just as much as it's fun to make fun of them, a lot of those lyrics are really weird and unpleasant. And uh, yeah, I think I just shave off half a point for those. It doesn't make it bad. If you like pop punk, if pop punk is your thing, you know, there are better things to listen to, but you will not hate this and this is fine, but come on. Come on. Musically, this is what the uh, punk band from... Bowling for Soup's Punk Rock 101 was making. Lyrically, Whiplash, um, Franken Album, I've already said it all, uh, not a fan. I think that if we strip away the lyrics, which they seem to try to do, I didn't call it out every time, but there are just a lot of times on this record there will be 15 to 20 seconds of silence in the middle of a track for no real clear reason on a lot of pretty short tracks. It's just like, um, everyone just stopped talking for a bit. And it doesn't feel like we're doing a solo. It feels like, uh, we have two verses of lyrics on a three verse song. Vamp. But the lyrics take this from, ah, what a perfectly serviceable album to, I started making up concepts for this album going, how does this tie together? What ARG am I trapped inside? I saw you sliding out the bar. I saw you slipping out the
in 2004, there will be one final EP from Homegrown, who do continue touring this whole time. As we mentioned, Darren Reynolds came on as an extra guitarist during the tour for this album, and the only music he would produce with them in studio is the When It All Comes Down EP. After this, the band goes on a indefinite hiatus the following year. No one has ever said it's done, but since roughly half of them seem to have vanished from all music production, it seems likely. And then everyone splits up into different side projects. According to Ellie's research, Darren Reynolds manages a surf shop in Huntington Beach at the last time that we found him. Dan Hammond installs solar panels. And Adam Lorbach became a born-again Christian and a pastor, which came after he did a stint of a few years in the band New Year's Day that he helped found. It apparently has a sound very similar to the... And I'm using a Wikipedia description here because... Again, with how much we had to go to to find this album, I couldn't check this easily. Uh, a more heartfelt and emotional subject matter. So, that all happens. And then, Tran, when the band goes under, immediately joins uh, Bill Uechi of Save Ferris to create, and this is their words, not mine, Asian-American supergroup Red Panda, which... I could only find a single track from. They don't seem to have ever had an online presence that survived. If they did, it was probably a MySpace based on what I could trace. And at the end of this, Red Panda vanished. Lorbach left music. As we mentioned, everyone else who was on this album has just gone on to do regular jobs. And none of them really saw any royalty checks from drive through and spent all their touring money in their 20s because the music industry seems to have shoved them into a hole somewhere. This was... What have we learned from this? Uh, I think I've learned that I need to raid Dad's makeup more. Yeah, same. Never get into the music industry, kids. It's not nice. Uh, I did find one track by Red Panda. It's called Love Song Blues. I don't care if it snows. It's very generic, but the lyrics that I can tell are not as incredibly woman-hating as this. I would have looked up more, but they seem to have no presence whatsoever on Genius for me to check anything. What is next week, Sybil? Next week, we're going to talk about Newfound Glories, Sticks and Stones. Okay, I never listened to that record. I think, uh, let's hope it's good. Probably going to be terrible. Probably going to hate it. Probably going to be really angry next episode. Ah. <sighs> So, this was the episode. You can, as always, find us on our amazing homegrown website, getoutofthistown.com. You can mail us at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com. We will read your email and we'll reply to you like normal human beings. On Twitter, you can add us at ggoott podcast if you want to post your pop punk L's online. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play, we're everywhere. And if you're also everywhere, please rate and review us. It's useful. 
Next up, we'll talk about You Found Glory. And do you have anything to plug, Sybil? You can find all of my work at hellscaper.com. I will probably not be feverish writing things there. Do you have anything to plug at all, Adam? You know, there's been a leak in my bathroom sink for the past month or so. I should probably get on that. And if you want to support us, we do not have a Patreon, but... Transong! 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 We do not have a Patreon, but if you want to support us, we're all pitching in to back a new makeup company called Dad's Makeup. <laughs> Only makeup in the world by dads for dads. Good night. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. Not like I've got the time to stick around. I'll catch my flight like a pop pumpkin and get out of this town. What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down. Let's terrify.